1: This is the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, John Halpin. Hey, everybody! It's John Halpin. Welcome to the Tuesday, December eighteenth edition of the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Jake Kultarski is with me today uh, for the final time this season because it's getting you ready for your fantasy championships, Week Seventeen. Uh, Jake, unless you want to record on Christmas morning for people who are still playing in Week Seventeen,
3: but we shouldn't reward them with a Christmas show for that, right? Yeah, you're right. I think if uh, you're playing week 17 with anything serious on the line, it's time to really rethink that on your league message more. Talk to your commission or uh, maybe shut it down. Find a new league. We got message boards in the Discord on our RotoWire.com servers. Of course, uh, I'll sneak the quick plug in. Of course, uh, RotoWire.com/slash-free gets you a free trial, and you can get. We got awesome user communities on Discord where you can find another league if you are stuck playing week 17. So, but we'll get you through week 16 here, and uh, and I can't wait to, to to wrap it up. It's been a great year.
1: Yep. Um. There's not fantasy-wise. There's not much to talk about in in Panthers uh, in in Panthers Saints. Other than I have a feeling we may have seen the last of Cam Newton
3: for the season. You and I are having seasons with our teams that are aren't exactly similar, but there's some similarities. Both the Packers and the Panthers were knocked out this week. Right. Both the quarterbacks, you know, there's seemingly that lingering air aura of, well, maybe they could get shut down with nothing to play for. And I don't know. My quarterback makes $30 million a year, so I'm all for it. But <laughs> I could see the same with Cam as well.
1: Right. Um, all right. So let's see. So today we're going to go over some free agents. Uh, as usual, it's based on 12 teams, $100 budget if you have fab. Um, we'll try to add context where we can. Uh, are you playing for any championships in your leagues?
3: I've got one championship. It's not a huge high stakes. It's just kind of a hometown league that uh, well, it's been part hometown, partially the restaurant that I worked at here in Madison when I was in college and partially you know some a couple people at the office that are my buddies have trickled in. So it's a pretty eclectic bunch, but uh, I am playing for a title in that. So I got at least one title on line. I got one. Shanky
1: beat me in one league in the semis, so I was a little annoyed because my team stunk. but yeah. um, I'm playing for one. And right now, what I'm doing today, by the way, folks, in addition to why to pay attention to waiver wire, if you're looking at your team and you're going, I'm kind of solid.
2: Look mm-hmm. at the uh, team
1: you're playing this week. Yes, if they need a running back, maybe block them. Maybe grab somebody yes. that they
3: might want to grab. You know, be strategic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We could call this yeah that, that could be the theme, blocking week or, or whatever. And I know some people play third place games in week 16 too, and it's the same thing. You know, you, if you can win your money back as opposed to not winning your money back, I assume you want to do it. So block your other owner for sure because there are a lot of injuries worthwhile. Absolutely. All right. Let's go quarterbacks first. Um, and
1: we're also going to talk today, in addition to the uh, pickups, we're going to mention, give, give a shout out to the best pickups of the year. Uh, quarterbacks, let's do the best pickup of the year so far. I mean, Mahomes was a low draft pick, but he was drafted.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for these awards, I tried to do like someone that maybe didn't go drafted in a standard 12-teamer or someone that was eventually available enough to meet our thresholds at some point and get mentioned on the show. And quarterbacks was actually pretty tough because most teams will take two quarterbacks on draft day and then you're left you with know, a top 24, and you don't often get guys outside the top 24 that can work their way into the top 20, top 15. But the names for me that came to mind, uh, Baker Mayfield... Of course, didn't get the starting job till later on, uh, and then he became pretty consistent after that. And the other one that I think will be rising up uh, draft boards a lot is uh, Mitch Trubisky. Now, he did miss a two-game key stretch as the were trying to lock down those playoff spots, but, I mean, I have Trubisky and Goff on my Stake League team that we still play for points, and I've made the wrong decision starting Goff over Trubisky the last couple weeks, so, you know, that's where we are. All right. Um, for this
1: week... There's not a lot of great pickups.
3: Um, it's really ugly, yeah.
1: I mean, we, dude, the, basically, the the bad the sh- the stream options. If, if you want to target teams, well, the bottom five against quarterbacks, you know, okay, Chiefs. Well, that's Russell Wilson; he's owned. Saints. Well, that's Ben Roethlisberger. Bengals. Mayfield. Maybe
3: he's the closest one at fifty percent. ESPN, sixty percent. Yahoo. Mm-hmm.
1: Falcons so. are playing the Panthers. We think Cam. If Cam's out, it's Taylor Heineke. You don't think you want to go down that road? And mm-hmm. the box is yep. Dak Prescott, so so there's not a lot of good streaming options, basically. Yes. Um, all right, so guys you can pick up that are available. You want So how confident? Over the last four weeks, Josh Allen has been just about the best mm-hmm. quarterback in fantasy football, thanks to his running, even though last week he didn't run much, but he threw a touchdown to ground for a touchdown. What, what are we doing here with Josh Allen? He's 23% owned on Yahoo. Are you confident or not?
3: I mean, if you were in a spot where you had to use him last week, he at least has to be in consideration this week. The Bills implied the point total doesn't look great because they're 13-point underdogs in the over-under. That game's 45-and-a-half. And and I think the Bills will get healthier, healthier though. Excuse me. Presumably, uh, with Deshaun Le- McCoy and Chris Ivory back, I know Marcus Murphy, who was kind of filling in, him and Keith Ford. Um, you know, Marcus Murphy had that elbow injury, so he's uncertain. But he'll get some of his weapons back, and I think that could open up some running lanes for him. And we know that's where it gets all the fantasy production from, pretty much all of it. If you're Josh Allen and you want to avoid him, if you're if you have serious interception penalties, um, in in terms of your league scoring. But if you were in a position last week where he was in the mix. Um. Then maybe he's in the mix this week. I played someone in the semis last week who was rostering four quarterbacks because they couldn't just make up their mind. They had Allen, they had James Winston, they had Lamar Jackson, and um and they picked up Mitch Trubisky at the last at the last possible moment, and they ended up starting Trubisky and somehow made the right call after confusing themselves. That was Rotowire's own Clay Link doing that. Nice. So stroke a, stroke a genius there. Um. But yeah. So again, situation situational. Maybe there's a chance. I mean, he's a guy that I mean. People with Tebow on fantasy championships, you know, he's a guy that could get you 15, 20 points, and, and maybe that's good enough given what's out there on the waiver wire. Yeah, it could be.
1: And the, and the thing about Allen, it's interesting, is that the runs tend to be not designed. You know, mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson, there, there's, a, there's a method to the Ravens' madness with his running.
3: With Allen, it's kind of like, hey, there's a rush here, I'm out. <laughs> yep i see you <laughs> yeah, i'm gonna scramble around I'm gonna Which spin, run this way run the other way yeah not always bad especially if you're a fantasy owner you know because yes. you don't get you don't get negative rushing yards for sacks so if he wants to run backwards and get hammered like that doesn't count against you but if he wants to run around and maybe break free you get a bonus so there you go
1: right that's what like, yeah again to clarify not in real life not so great fantasy mm-hmm. totally fine with this with the josh allen experience okay the other ones i want to ask you Nick Foles home against the Texans, tough matchup,
3: but he's playing pretty well. Yeah, what do you yeah. Think? he's pretty hot. I mean, I would, uh, I'd actually, I'd probably put him. It's tough because in real life, you definitely want Foles over Allen, but fantasy the the margin just gets so much narrower. Um, I, I think Foles will struggle a little bit when that pass rush gets after him. Um, I'm not necessarily very confident in his fantasy perspective, so I'll put him behind Allen. Okay,
1: that's fine. And the other one um the reason I'm asking you this one normally I wouldn't go after Sam Darnold however number one I did watch that whole game last week and I'm so I I I just like him um maybe not for fantasy purposes but for real life purposes but the other thing is what do you think of the Packers against him
3: the Packers are going to be such a mystery this week because I don't know what the motivation is um you know how the defense is going to play sure they've gotten maybe a little bit I guess you'd say a little bit healthier, as in they had Breland back in the secondary last week. I don't, Kenny Clark's a huge part of that whole defense. I know we're talking about quarterbacks here, but that starts around the nose tackle, okay? And if he doesn't play, and I don't know why they'd, they would necessarily rush him, um, that could get difficult. And and the defense just, yeah, it hasn't been that great. You know, Jair Alexander's been a surprise. He's been playing pretty well. I just, I don't know how they, yeah, they're professionals and all, but they're going to have a tough time picking up and playing. And they're already the 11th, they're the 11th ring. Uh, defense against opposing quarterbacks, but I don't quite value this defense the same way as I would, you know, say week four or five or something like that. So maybe Darnold, but I think he would probably go last among the guys you mentioned.
1: So it's Allen, then Foles, then Darnold.
3: Yeah, I'll, I'll give it that.
1: Okay. Running backs. Last week we talked Kenneth Dixon, who was fine. Mm-hmm. Um, Volume wise was fine. Uh, the, the Buffalo backups, whatever. We talked Damian Williams. That worked out really well. If you yes. were able to do that, um,
3: Damien and Daryl just confusing the heck out of fantasy owners watching Williams run. Yes, I, I was joking with someone Thursday night that if we should just give
1: everyone D Williams who picked up either one to be happy. <laughs> yes. Um, Jalen Samuels, if you were able to get him, that worked out fantastically. Elijah McGuire worked out fine. He didn't run that well, got lots of touches, and he got a touchdown to save his day. Mm-hmm. So that worked out all right. Um, that
3: might to, be the play against the Packers is Elijah McGuire. I actually, he's might. actually startable. Yeah, he's. Um, let me check the the ownership level on Elijah McGuire. I'm actually, right I'm pretty sure he's within our threshold. But there's just a lot of uh, a lot of different other running backs to uh, discuss this week. And you know, assuming if you were in a situation where you know RB two is very much a question mark, then there's a seemingly a pretty decent chance that you would roster Maguire already. But yeah, you're right. He's worth mentioning. again.
1: So Maguire's 33% ownership on Yahoo. Jamal Williams is 17%. So now Jamal Williams is brought up. So they're, they're playing against each other. Mm-hmm. Jamal Williams is brought up because Aaron Jones out for the season. We suspect Jamal Williams be very busy. The great thing about Jamal Williams and Elijah Maguire is that they're both on field for passing downs. I mean, we, t- we talked in the beginning of the season, the whole Aaron Jones frustration was that Williams A, can catch the ball, and B, is a good pass blocker. And and that's why he played at Aaron Jones' expense. Well, now there is no Aaron Jones. So Mm -hmm. Jamal Williams
3: stands to be very busy. Who would you pick out of these two guys? I would actually pick Jamal Williams, and here's why. There's a little less competition for carries. The only other back that's active and healthy is Capri Bibbs. Um, And I don't see him getting a ton of touches because – you know, it's a, I guess it's a little bit dependent on what Aaron Rodgers does or if he plays. He's kind of got that groin injury. I know if he trots out there, he's a $30 million quarterback. They're going to want to have the best, one of the best pass-blocking running backs in the entire game by his side the entire time. So I don't see Williams coming off the field much. What that means for his touches, I don't know. That remains to be seen. He could get five, six catches and, you know. 15 to 20 carries and that to me is a little bit safer um again this is this is a decision that's so heavily influenced by injuries and it's going to change so much between now and when that game happens on sunday because kenny clark that make that could make all the difference for uh you know the value of Maguire. now mcguire's i think he's going to be a fine play he's a low on flex even in a championship game um but i would lean towards williams now that could always change as injury reports come up
1: okay the other guy we need to talk about because of that big run he had against the vikings is Kalen bellage who was a trendy uh, preseason late round pick from some people frank Gore is done for the season Kenyon drake I think it was because he was dealing with a shoulder injury that he was that he only got the ball. But well, it's funny, when Gore got hurt, I was I remember thinking to myself, you know, Sunday, finally
3: Kenyon Drake. Yeah, not so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean most owners were in a spot where they had to uh drop Kenyon Drake at one point or another. I, that was definitely not an uncommon move by any means. And and hey, Belaj has got some, some uh upside there. I mean he had eight touchdowns in a single college game, twelve carries for a I mean, ten yards a carry the other day. Uh so that's uh that's good for me. It's a tough finish though. Got the Jags, they're number 7 in fantasy points for getting allowed to opposing running backs. As bad as disappointing as that team has been, they've been pretty decent in terms of rush defense. So um so yeah, he's uh he's in there, but uh, it's not as good as some of those other guys we just talked about. Right. And you would think that Drake is going to be
1: in there to some extent. Yes again, it's not gore anymore. so we're
3: watching the injury reports for you here so you can check that out on Rotowire. but um, yeah, absolutely that that kind of plays a little bit of a role in that and that's why I didn't we didn't want to mention him first or when it comes down to rankings, I'm not necessarily sure he's the first ad this week.
1: All right other players you can think about um, Todd Gurley is supposedly day to day with knee inflammation they are playing they're a 14 point favorite at Arizona. so John Kelly, if you're a Gurley owner, just in case things go south over the weekend and they say you know what it's the cardinals let's give Gurley a week off you never know um and you don't know how the, the, he'll react during the week so john kelly who's available mm-hmm. just about anywhere you look is an option also the the falcons Edo smith out for the season so tevin Coleman will be the lead back but i guess brian hill is the guy i don't think that would be a desperation move in a really
3: deep league i would think Mm-hmm. yeah because Edo smith wasn't doing necessarily that great tevin coleman finally had a good game um john kelly would be the guy that i'd look at and i'd look to see if your opponent has Gurley. and there's a good chance if you don't have Gurley and you're in the playoffs in the championship or even a third place game there's a good chance if you don't have Gurley, your opponent does he's the best scoring running back in fantasy uh last time i checked at least and i would be picking up john kelly even if you did not intend to start him
1: all right the other one um the bills i, I don't know what's going on with the bills
3: yeah that's that that's a mess mess.
1: everybody's hurt murphy's out mccoy's Mm -hmm. we're not sure ivory we're not sure Keith. you'd have to be
3: in a twenty four team league to make a waiver (laughs) bid on keith ford (laughs) so all right um
1: so your top three here so williams edges out mcguire right
3: yeah yeah i would say williams mcguire bellage i i didn't realize when i originally jotted down the top three that uh that um, McGuire was still within our threshold, but I would say Williams, because of the pass blocking, and because Aaron Aaron Rodgers says he wants to play, you have to kind of take that at face value. I think physically he could play if he wanted to. It's probably going to be a matter of if the organization lets him. Um, but especially if Rodgers is out there, then Williams, I think, has to be the number one option because you know Rodgers can still find him on dump offs too.
1: All right, and the and the other one here, by the way, uh, Lamar Miller's ankle. We're not sure what's up with that. You might want to look at Alfred Blue, but Philly's got a tough run defense. There's some talk that Deontay Foreman will be active. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. maybe, you know, it, you know, it's another one. He, he he wouldn't crack. He certainly
3: wouldn't be ahead of Williams and Maguire. I'd have to think about him with Belage. Yeah, there's actually, um, you know, one thing I mentioned a couple times among guys uh, that I've written down are, are maybe some dynasty guys that, um, that uh, you could consider for next year. Um, You know, Lamar Miller's 27. He's kind of getting to that running back age, I guess. Uh, And Deontay Foreman is someone, you know, it's a serious injury, but, you know, people thought pretty highly of him uh, when that started off. So he could be a stash for next year if he's not already owned in your dynasty formats. Of course, it's so tough to make recommendations on those because there's 100 different ways everybody plays dynasty. There's no real one standard way, but uh, that would be at least on the radar uh, for me. Okay, and by, and by the way, in this
1: show every week, we offer you drop candidates. Uh, you could, if anyone not, who's not going to be in your starting lineup this week mm-hmm. is potentially a drop candidate. With that said, I, I'm going to give you an example of a team I have. I've been mm-hmm. stocking up on running backs, and I, I'm actually in a position where, where I might have Saquon and Joe Mixon and Marlon Mack starting, right? which mm-hmm. is great. And I have Sonny Michel on my bench. This is a 12-team league. I've just been hoarding running backs every chance I get. But Mm -hmm. now I wouldn't want to drop Sonny Michelle, who's a big favorite over the Bills, so that my opponent could get him. But otherwise, if you have guys like... For an example, a guy like Tyler Lockett, you know, Mm -hmm. who's... Yeah, maybe he's a top 20 wide receiver this week, but if you have two better and you think your opponent's stacked... like, Look, if you want to get a running... Like John Kelly to guard against Gurley and you're really stacked... Mm -hmm. That, you know, if a guy's not yeah. in your lineup, as long as you don't think he'll hurt you by your opponent picking him up,
3: mm-hmm. then it could be worth dropping. Yeah. If you're going to do that, I would advise just a quick refresher on your league's waiver wire rules. Right. This is, um Anybody that you drop, um, you maybe don't want to do that until Friday if you can afford to. Yep. Because a lot of leagues have that two-day waiver grace period, so you can drop them on Friday. And, you know, if you, there was any chance your opponent was thinking of picking them up and using them more than they can not because it's the two days have passed. So – all right. i don't know Agreed. just yeah a strategy thing at this point uh, did we do an award for running backs oh no we didn't i skipped over that my bad so mm-hmm. your pickup at running back it, this is a close one yeah um it depends on when you drafted to, to decide if we meet our awards criteria if you're like a, if you're like i like to do and draft in the very last week then this guy was probably drafted if you drafted a month before the season uh then you, the clear-cut winner of this award has to be james Conner, right
1: Right. If James James Conner wound up at RB57, and that was when people were getting more nervous about Le'Veon Bell, which proved to be mm-hmm. justified. Um, yes. But Philip Lindsay, I mean, nobody was drafting Philip Lindsay.
3: Yeah, Philip Lindsay was undrafted in any situation. It was supposed to be the Royce Freeman show. I was on the Royce Freeman show in one league. Oddly enough, that's the league that I'm in the championship for, <laughs> so fantasy is funny sometimes. Um, be, well, partially because I also drafted Derrick Henry, so I got a few things that I thought were maybe wrong at the beginning, but I'm also rostering the hottest running back in fantasy football. So we'll see what happens. Um, but yes, James Conner, he was on, I think, 70, 71% of playoff teams in ESPN leagues. That was the highest among all players. Um, he he would be, I think you could make a case for overall fantasy MVP. Maybe Mahomes sneaks into that conversation as the top overall fantasy scorer. But as far as conjuring a running back in such a tough position out of nowhere, James Conner's got to be the dude. James Conner is
1: number six in standard scoring despite missing two games Mm -hmm. he has 1376 yards from scrimmage and 13
3: touchdowns who and they get the saints this week who a little bit tough against running backs but if they play that game close i think those guys could that's such an interesting situation with how well samuels played this week yeah he was a flex spot in the semifinal league that i won and now i got to decide what i'm going to do with that flex spot it's pretty interesting yeah what do you think i mean do you use both of them samuels played really well yeah, I mean, the league that I'm in particular, is a, it's a full-point PPR league. We have them projected for 9.24 points. Uh, my two starting running backs are going to be David Johnson and Derrick Henry, and then I'm looking at Samuels for a flex, uh, You know Spencer Ware if he comes back, Corey Davis, Calvin Ridley has a decent matchup against Carolina. There's some options, and, man, I'm going to I'm gonna have to sweat this one out.
1: All right, let's go to receivers. Uh, last week we talked about a bunch of guys, none of whom really did that well. I mean, mm-hmm. Curtis Samuel didn't do much. Jameson Crowder, is this the week he had the touchdown? Was That last? That was last week. Yeah. C. Jones didn't do much. D.D. Westbrook got a punt return touchdown, at least. Mm-hmm. The Broncos guys, no one did anything big. I mean, Patrick looked good. Um, Hamilton caught a bunch of short passes. It, the weird thing there is that, I mean, they're playing the Raiders this week. I'm, I'm still not excited about these wide receivers. But it, 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 in the last two weeks, Sutton's been number three, at least volume-wise.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, they could definitely sneak into the conversation as a wide receiver three in a full PPR league. I mean, um, that that's absolutely in play for me.
1: Okay, um, best pickup of the year. This is an easy one. Tyler Boyd mm-hmm. is he's out for the year, which is bad. Mm-hmm. But now, but he I've got him in standard scoring wide receiver twelve. and Another one completely off the radar before the season started because everybody mm-hmm. who was looking for a number two there in cincinnati I was looking at john ross
3: mm-hmm. there are a couple leagues where i had J- john ross in the final two three rounds of my draft because yeah tyler boyd a lot of people that i thought he had been overlooked and he's definitely on a lot of playoff teams if he's not on your playoff team um of course like you said probably out for the year has jeff driscoll as his quarterback so maybe you know he was he actually started pretty hot before he got injured but maybe in a way this could be saving you from yourself so we can definitely talk about some uh um, some some replacement options, but uh, the other runner-up I wrote for this was Kenny Galladay because it was a lot of uh, you know a lot of Marvin Jones, Golden Tate, and then all of a sudden things opened up for Galladay. He was right on the edge of drafting. You had one guy too.
1: Yeah, um, I've got. I'm looking at here at this. Kenny Galladay was wide receiver 52.
3: <laughs> mm, okay, AP. so that yeah, that it's, was so depends maybe, on maybe probably drafted. Yeah,
1: yeah, maybe maybe not. Um, Tyler Lockett is one who where was lockett here he was 55 ah uh, there you go so yeah that's uh that the, the john, it's funny john brown looked early in the season like he could have been one of these guys and then after lamar miller came in lamar jackson came in it didn't
3: really work out yeah so. it's funny i didn't think to include lockett on this list right away because the team i'm playing in the championship is named lockett up <laughs> you know, so I, they had wanted to lock it for a long time, but yeah, it was it was he was another guy that definitely came through where Doug Baldwin could not. Yep. All
1: right, for this week, Robbie Anderson. So we started the season, Robbie Anderson. Everybody liked him, and then he didn't do anything, and he got cut, and now he's back. Yeah. He was seven, nine for ninety-six and a touchdown. Seems to be clicking a bit with Sam Darnold.
3: Yeah, he appears to be the man now. He was definitely helped out. By a Quincy Anunua injury. Anunua had, I believe, an ankle injury and uh, was unavailable this past week. And that pretty much opened the door for Robbie Anderson to go out there and see 71 offensive snaps. It was his most this whole season by almost double digits. Um, and then, of course, 11 targets. That was also his most this season. And um, he gets the Packers who, against wide receivers, they're number 28. So um, can he beat uh, Jair Alexander? Yeah, possibly. Alexander's had some good games. Will he get Alexander 100% of the time? Probably not. Um, I think he's actually a very good play this week. I would bump him. There's a lot of situations where he could be the second best receiver in your starting lineup, actually. Uh, and the ownership's there. 27% Yahoo, 18% ESPN. So if I happen to pick him up,
1: let's say this in a league that I'm in, I, have, I need a number two receiver. My current options. It's not that I need. Is it the guys I have? You know, you always. I'm in a situation where I could always upgrade. The guys I have are Tyler Lockett and Josh Gordon. Would you put Robbie Anderson over one or both of those guys?
3: Ooh, that that gets to be so tough here. Let Mm -hmm. me look at. Let me refresh the matchup. New England against Buffalo. I would imagine Josh Gordon gets a lot of Tredarius White. That didn't matter for Kenny Galladay last weekend. That's though. true. That makes things interesting. Everyone was everyone was on the bench. Kenny Galladay. Because Galladay's narrative. a big
1: guy, which which mm-hmm. helped against White.
3: Mm-hmm. And then Lockett. I think that if it were me, I would start him over Lockett because to me, I generally not what you'd think in terms of safety when you think of Robbie Anderson, but especially if a noon was out. I'll say this: if a noon was out, then I would definitely put anderson over
1: Lockett.
3: all right yeah it's a tough call but very tough it's something that a lot of people are going to be uh making this week and and, you know we'll be around all week to help you with those tough calls and hopefully we get you started here right
1: um next guy robert foster we can't ignore robert foster anymore
3: yeah as much as i wanted to he's there uh he's here back to back hundred yard games uh we might as well get used to it um yeah, there'll be some points to be, you know, as long as it's not like a downpour snow in New England and that might not even be a huge deal. But like there'll be some points to be had in that game, I believe, even though New England, you know, they, they held Pittsburgh to 17. I didn't expect that to be hap- that happened. That, was, that game finished as like half of what the over under was. So, you know, maybe these theories are wrong sometimes, but I think there'll be points and definitely there'll at least be targets for Robert Foster to have. All right. I wonder what
1: I, I wish I knew someone. I, I'm going to have to do some research. And if you're listening, you know this and you think I should know it. I don't blame you. Um, I wonder what Robert Foster's deal was at at uh at Alabama because Brian Dable was his offensive coordinator there for at least I don't know how many years at least one. Mm-hmm. And so, the, so there's a familiarity there, and it sounds like he some something's clicking here because this is Robert Foster's last three. He's he's got four games of ninety-four plus
3: yards in his last five. Yeah, I'm looking at his college stats, and they're invisible. He was like. He, yeah, he was invisible. He played in 19 total college games spread across four years. Huh. Yep. Yeah, so, so you're right. Something might be clicking or, or something's going on. I mean, also, the best receiver active on your roster is Zay Jones, and behind you on the depth chart is Isaiah McKenzie, who's kind of running back-ish, and you're looking at Deontay Thompson, Ray, Ray, Ray Cloud, McLeod. There's not a whole lot of depth in, in that group, so somebody had to get the opportunity, but credit to him for taking advantage of it.
1: Yep. So yeah, he's he's playing really well. So he's he's a little he's a little more shaky
3: on the volume side of things than a guy like Anderson. Mm -hmm. So yeah, no doubt. I I I jotted down here like, oh, you're projected to lose by 20 points. It's a blow up. Well, then you kind of need to get a little bit risky with these guys, and maybe he gets one long touchdown. Maybe he gets two long touchdowns. You know, kind of kind of in that maybe Dante Pettis territory where you know their volume isn't safe, but if they go off, they go off.
1: All right. The other, uh, Mike Williams, we can mention he's in our threshold. He's 29% ESPN, 51% Yahoo. Last week, I, I guess he's kind of Keenan Allen dependent, right? And Keenan Allen, we're not sure what's going to happen on Saturday. Saturday. Sounds like he's going to play, but it's early in the week, so we're not sure.
3: Yeah, I mean, Keenan Allen, man, that hurt so many fantasy owners this week. Um, he's got that hip injury, has a chance to return. So yeah, Mike Williams is a little Keenan Allen dependent, but if he's available in your league, I, I like him more than Foster probably. Um, yep. you know, and I, I like him more than a lot of other guys. It gets really close with Robbie Anderson. Cause I think Anderson has a pretty good matchup, but you definitely can't ignore the fact that Mike Williams scored three times, and it was his third multi-touchdown game this season. The only issue with Mike Williams that I put him this far down is that he's got Baltimore in Week 16, and they still are playing with playoffs on the line. Um, I guess uh, LA, I almost said San Diego, again. LA is playing with seeding on the line. Um, So there's something on the line for both teams, but I would say more on the line for Baltimore, and Baltimore's got a pretty studly defense, so that could be tough for Mike Williams.
1: Okay. Any interest in Jordy Nelson? He's got... I mean, he's catching the, he's, the volumes there right now. He's got I think, 22 catches in his last
3: three. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess I, I would type him in and see what's up, but only after typing in the uh, the three names that you mentioned that we discussed ahead of time. And I might even put Jordy Nelson behind someone like uh, like John Ross. I didn't realize when I put this together that Tyler Boyd's injury was season ending and all of a sudden, you know, Boyd's out, Green's out. There's got to be some volume for John Ross too, and if we're playing the volume argument, I'll take the volume with the the athletic up and comer versus the little more vanilla option.
1: And and if John Ross is, let's say, the lead receiver for the Bengals, we might be the Denzel Ward status for the Browns probably is important. He was out again on Saturday, um, mm-hmm. but he might be uh, back in there. Okay, so your order,
3: uh, Williams, if you can, I guess yeah but the baltimore matchup i don't even know if um i don't know i don't know if he would be number one i think robbie anderson would have to be number one for me um john ross would be number two and then oh then we then we're really starting to stretch here um it would be between i I, yeah i guess i would stick williams in there if we could but then it's between foster and nelson and and both those guys are so shaky for the playoffs, but I, but I'll just um I'll make up my mind and I'll go I'll go with Foster. Maybe he gets his third straight hundred yard game. All right.
1: Tight end. Not much to tell. Last week, basically the people we recommended were Betty. Ian Thomas didn't do a heck of a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh Berkser on <laughs> on Tennessee did
3: zero. I was like yeah. the
1: stats. I gave him like he threw it to Luke Stocker.
3: Come yeah, Luke on. Stocker caught two passes, but um, I think that's going to be the Derrick Henry show as long as it lasts. And fantasy owners, if you're still alive and you had Derrick Henry, uh, props to you. Uh, hope it lasts. Yeah, absolutely. I have too. Blake Jarwin on Dallas. He's, um,
1: he caught seven in week 14, and he caught four last week. Talked to Tim about him yesterday. Uh, Tim's a Cowboys fan, and he said, look, mm-hmm. he, I mean, maybe it's not great, but he's the best pass-receiving tight end. He, he's probably the best of the bunch.
3: There. How, how did they not throw Witten a bunch of money to come out of the booth? I, I thought that would have happened to. so long ago. They, oh, they tried to? Yeah, they, that's okay. the rumor is yeah. that they tried to. I missed that. All right, well, uh, yeah, looking at the target distribution last week in Dallas, Jarwin, seven targets, Beasley, seven targets, Cooper, seven targets, and Zeke, eight targets. So um, if he's in that group of people, I mean, that means he's at least a factor. Now I expect the Cowboys defense to come out and play a lot better. Uh, I don't think that they'll be down and they'll get smacked in the mouth this hard this week, but i don't know i guess you never know and and if they're behind then he's one of the guys that Dak will have to rely on right okay um
1: otherwise so yeah i mean other than these two i think i think i would go ian thomas over jarwin
3: if i had to pick yeah i would say so too i didn't i didn't see thomas's final stat line do you know that off the top of your head from from yesterday i think i might have it here um four targets two catches 14 yards not exciting no um does the, the potential switch from Newton to Heineke change the Ian Thomas outlook at all?
1: I, I, I'm not sure, but that would seem to fit into the, you know, if they were second team for much of the season, that would make sense, right? Mm-hmm. That's, that's the usual, you know, oh, the backup quarterback's got chemistry with somebody different. Yeah, maybe I can buy like that. Wives tale, but, mm-hmm. but until Olsen got hurt a few weeks ago, Thomas was probably working with him more mm-hmm. than the other receivers were.
3: Yeah. And the other one, uh, this one won't help you this week, but I was reading through the news this week and I noticed that Hunter Henry was back at practice. So his 21 day clock right. to be activated again, that clock has started. Um, he could be ready for the playoffs. I don't expect him to be ready this season, so that's hardly relevant in this discussion. But if you're in a league that can keep, have three, four, five keepers and you can pick them up for zero dollars or whatever the cost of a waiver is, um, you tight ends were so hard to come by this year. Just the potential to have a top-ten tight end is probably worth one of those keepers on. Right.
1: Okay. Um, the best pickup of the season, we had written off Eric Ebron almost, hadn't we?
3: Yeah. I mean, he was he was number 18 in ADP. Uh, then he came out and he scored in back-to-back weeks. But then... All of a sudden, Jack Doyle was back and ready to go. And we had those weeks where Ebron was playing 15 snaps. So it's like, okay, we cut Ebron now. And then, okay, we probably pick him back up. He finishes the number four ranked PPR tight end. And I think that might cause some people to overpay a little bit for him next year. So watch out for that. Um, but as far as this year, if you were stuck in tight end purgatory all year and somehow landed on Eric Ebron, probably took you a long ways. 13 touchdowns, by the way. Yeah, Eric that's... Ebron. um. I mean that's right up there among all pass catchers, not just tight ends. All pass catchers, we're talking.
1: And Eric Ebron' career so far, let's see, seventy two, one thirty three, two thirty three. That's two hundred and forty five catches in his first five seasons at tight end. That's not too shabby.
3: No, that's not too bad, and he's only twenty five years old. So uh, yeah. he'll be a, he'll be a decent keeper candidate in a lot of leagues. I mean, I got I've got Eric Ebron for zero dollars, and I'm gonna want to keep him, even though i don't see that touchdown pace keeping up but i also have travis kelsey i could be that schmuck that keeps two tight ends this year
1: so ebron again if you if you look at the uh the advanced stats on the road to our player page for him yeah the drop rate's bad which has always been with him and there's rub but you know what maybe he's not a superstar but he's fine he's solid i mean this year he's been great touchdown wise for fantasy owners but he's fine he's he's if you want more from eric ebron maybe you're asking too much Maybe yeah, Gio I would not and not
3: him. Yeah, I always bought his athleticism for someone that's you know six four two fifty. Like we I mean, you know we have his combine time here is four five six. So yeah, like you said, the jumps are, or the drops are a little bit of an issue. Uh, the jumps are not at all an issue. Actually, his broad jumps like ridiculous. But um. But yeah, he's, he's a crazy good athlete, and maybe he's finally – he needed to be away from Detroit. Okay, number one, that was just, um, that was just not a great relationship uh, the way that was forming. And, and now he's got a chance with an emerging Andrew Luck and a decent Colts team and a, and a VCU center behind him on the depth chart. So he's going to be good to go. Right. Okay. Defenses this week.
1: Um, you got some options. I mean, yes. You, you could have got the Titans a couple of weeks ago, and you can't anymore. But that's okay. It doesn't mean mm-hmm. you're, you're completely out of luck here.
3: Yeah, hopefully you listen to us with the Titans because um, because they've been we know, pretty solid. Shout out this past week. Yeah, we talked about it, folks. You can't, you can't say we didn't. Okay, so right
1: now, I'm going to look for our first option is the Dolphins of the available mm-hmm. of the teams that meet the threshold. And the Dolphins right now are owned in 18% of Yahoo leagues. They are getting the Cody Kessler Jags at home. Over-under is 39 and a half. Uh, By the way, I was talking about this someone earlier. I have no idea why the Dolphins are only favored by 4 or 5 in this game. makes no sense to me. But mm-hmm. uh, this looks like a just sweet spot to pick up a uh, pretty good defense here.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, only favored by 4 or 5 because they don't expect there to be a ton of points in this game. 39.5 is the over-under I'm looking at right now. They check all my boxes. I'm actually in the process of picking up the Dolphins right now. Um, because I think I might over, I might start them over Houston on the road in Philadelphia. It's a really really tough one. Yeah, I don't. Maybe, am I overthinking that? No. But that's the conversation that we're having here. Houston gets a really hot team, and they're on the road. I know they're got a pretty high floor due to the sack potential, but I mean, I want to keep those ten points, shutout points that I get at the beginning, and uh, this seems like a good way I can do it. Uh, I think you might be right. I think I might do that because this seems like just a great spot for them. This this
1: is another one. If you're worried your opponent might pick up the dolphins if you have a good defense that you're ready to start, mm-hmm. picking up the dolphins so your opponent can't not a bad idea, everybody mm-hmm. yeah, other options up. here the Colts are pretty widely available twenty seven percent Yahoo they're playing the giants at home this one this one for me would hinge on if Odell
3: Beckham plays or not yeah, a little bit I mean, you guys always down to do something yeah. kind of stupid, so even if uh Beckham plays like there's a chance i mean beckham definitely does not play and move the needle a lot more in the favor in their favor but man indy is one of those teams it's going to be a little bit scary they're hitting their stride at the right time and uh, you know everyone was pretty uh, crazy everyone was all over the cowboys after they beat the saints and thought they were the real deal now where's that love for the colts after just like really dominating the cowboys so uh, i think they make this list and you feel pretty decent about it yeah you definitely feel pretty decent about it all
1: right um otherwise the um Cowboys against Tampa, not bad. What about
3: the Browns at home against Jeff Driscoll? They're only twelve percent owned. hmm Yeah, they uh I I limited myself to writing three down and the the Browns were one that I had in there and I was kind of back and forth like Okay, Browns at home against Driscoll. Dallas at home against Jameis. Uh, I cho- I put Dallas on there ahead of them because of the talent on the Dallas defense and you know the home matchup and their their desperate need to bounce back. Maybe that's, that's sometimes I don't buy that narrative, but the Browns are absolutely in the conversation. Okay.
1: Um, otherwise, and you mentioned earlier that Aaron Rodgers has a groin injury. Like there's something up, and we're not sure what it is.
3: Mm-hmm. yeah i was driving into work today and they were that was the big topic of conversation on local radio the, the wisconsin sports writer of the year has a show with the uh with a former rogers offensive lineman awesome show that we have here in madison and, and um, yeah, that's what they were talking about they're like well he's got that groin injury what are they going to do they maybe they're making a story out of nothing but they're making it seem like there's at least a chance so that'll be something to watch okay all right uh, what's your order for the defenses I think we can both agree that the Dolphins are number one. Um, we have to go. I would go to Indy number two because I like their momentum and what they did last week, with or without Eli. It doesn't matter for me. And then I would stick the Browns at number three. Okay. Um. I've got,
1: I've got the Miami, and then the, then the Browns, mm. and then I'm not
3: sure. Then I'll yeah, figure it I, out. Yeah. Then it's gonna, it's gonna depend on Rodgers because suddenly Deshaun Kaiser against the Jets that over under on that Packer game, I think it's out right now. They haven't they have released it. It's not one of the off ones. It's only forty five. Yeah. Um you you better hammer that under if Kaiser's starting. So you know <laughs> a little bit of gambling advice on this. So uh you know normally I'm the guy that's gonna bet the over and find creative ways to bet the over. Uh, this is not one of them. No, definitely not.
1: All right. If you have questions about any of this stuff, any other players, any of the players we've discussed Catch us on Twitter. Uh, Jake is at JakeSki52. I am at Halpin 37 Our main accounts are at Rotowire, and then the news feed is at NFL. Um, all right. What do you got going on after this? Football waiver wire pods are over. What are you going to be working on?
3: <laughs> well, on the 17th week, uh, he rested, I guess. So, no, uh, <laughs> what's happening is finals are going on. So college basketball is a little bit of a slower time. I'm going to probably try to write something for this afternoon. We'll see how that goes. we got a couple weeks off in MMA until the end of the year. Um, so a couple of side projects, actually. You know, we're working with our uh, our baseball software developer to get that up and running. We have some new features that I'm pretty excited about there um, that baseball draft kit is going to be out pretty soon, and then before we know it, it's going to be 2019, and college basketball will be in full swing. Football will be done. Everyone will be ready to uh, watch some college basketball and uh, get ready for bracket filling time. And that's going to take up the you know majority of my next couple of months. That and the whole pre-baseball run at RotoWire. And I don't know if you guys have ever mentioned that on the show or not. But if you're getting ready and you're gearing up to switch from football to baseball. Um, Hundreds of outlooks and projections are live on the website right now. Custom rankings are go. Software apps all ready to go shortly. Um, You know, if you're listening to the pod for free, the best thing you can do is rate and review us. The second best thing you can do is go to rotowire.com slash pod, P-O-D, you know, because that helps us. We get a little referral there. So um, definitely check out all the stuff on rotowire.com. It's a big first quarter of 2019 coming your way.
1: That sounds great, Jake. Thanks for all. Jake does so much work. Prepping for this podcast every week, everybody, if you've picked up a player based on, on the analysis he's, he's done, it, it's, he does a great job. And uh, I just want Jake, I really appreciate it. You've
3: been, you've been awesome, as always. John, thanks so, so much as always for the kind words. This is a pleasure doing it with you. I always run into me. I have meetings like right after this show every week, and John always takes care of all the posting and 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 all the all the digital stuff. So that's a massive help for me. One of the reasons I love doing this podcast because I don't have to worry about that step. So definitely a give and take. Uh, always a pleasure doing these with you, John. And uh, definitely hope we'll be back next season. That sounds great, everybody. Thanks for listening to this
1: edition of the Roadwire Fantasy Football Podcast. Derek and I are going to be back on Thursday. We're going to do a game-by-game preview of Week 16. Uh, remember, schedule-wise, no Thursday games this week. Two Saturdays, a bunch of Sundays, one Monday. So no Thursdays. You don't have to get ready early, but Saturday you got two games to worry about, so, so make sure you do. All right, that's it. So please come on back on Thursday to listen to Derek and me. For Jake Latarski, I'm John Halpin. See you next time.
2: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium?